welcome to Your Retirement Planning Simplified with your host, Joseph Curry, a CFP professional who is going to help you learn how to simplify your retirement planning. This podcast is all about helping you answer those burning questions you've had about your retirement possibilities and making a plan to get there. Through retirement planning education, resources, and expert interviews, Joe will help you get clear on your retirement vision, how to simplify it, and what you'll need specifically to achieve or maintain your financial freedom. Ready to live out your retirement dreams and create future opportunities for the ones you love? Then let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode number five of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. I am your host, Joe Curry. And today I'm excited to switch gears a little bit. We've been spending a lot of time the last few weeks talking about taxes. So today we're going to talk about creating paychecks in retirement. So if you're still working right now, whether you have an employer, you're working for yourself, when you make the transition into retirement, getting paid is going to be completely different than what you're used to, right? So if for years you've been uh, you know, getting your regular weekly, biweekly, monthly paycheck, or you have your business and you you know you're paying yourself dividends. Whatever the scenario is, once you get to retirement, you have to completely rethink about how you're getting your income. You know how you're going to be getting that money into your bank account to pay your bills and your expenses. So to this point, you know you've probably been getting that regular paycheck. You know you put money into savings so that you can retire one day. Uh, you pay your bills and and whatever's left over is probably what you're living off for fun, all that kind of stuff. And so now. As you transition into retirement, as you're getting close to retirement, you're going to really want to give some thought to to where your income is going to come from. And so today we're going to talk about, you know, how do you create that paycheck when you're not going to work anymore? We'll talk about the different potential income sources in retirement, how you can tap into them and some specific considerations for the different sources. So starting out with uh, your investment account. So if you've been putting money away, you know, your working career, so one day you could be financially free and you don't have to go to work anymore. You know, it's likely you have an RRSP and maybe also tax-free savings accounts and non-registered accounts. So specifically, if we look at the RRSP, when it's time to start taking an income, more than likely you're going to transition that RRSP into a RIF, an RRIF, a Retirement Income Fund. You don't have to uh, switch your RRSP into a RIF until age 71. And there could be a good reason to delay that. But again, when the time comes for you to start taking an income out of of those investments, it probably will be best to to switch it to a registered retirement income fund. And that's going to allow you to set up regular withdrawals, so systematic withdrawals. So you could have money hitting your bank account from withdrawals out of that account on like a monthly basis. So just like you're used to getting paychecks from. The reason you might want to hold off to later on to switch to the RIF is because while the money's growing in that RRSP, it is all tax deferred and you could be taking money out of maybe some taxable accounts or, you know, maybe you're doing a a switch to retirement on a, you know, a part-time switch where you're working part-time, but also supplementing income from your investments. If you're going to be in a higher tax bracket, probably doesn't make sense to be taking money out of your registered investments. It's going to just push you up into an even higher tax bracket. And it'll defeat some of the purposes of having that RRSP all along where you were getting those tax deductions. Now, similar to a RRSP and a RIF, it would be a locked-in retirement account. So a Lira. Lira, same idea as an RRSP. It's tax-deferred retirement money. 
And in order to start taking money out of that LIF or out of that account, you would switch it to a LIF, an LIF or locked in income fund. And the idea is the same. You can set up systematic withdrawals where you're getting money out every month. So it's like a paycheck. You could also take it as a lump sum once a year. Now, some nuances with the RIF would be that once you've switched to a RIF, there's a minimum amount you need to take out. Okay. And so that minimum is going to be based on the amount that you have in the account and your age. All right. So there'd be a percentage there that you have to take out once you've switched to a RIF. One of the other advantages of switching to a RIF once you're uh, past age 65 is you're eligible for the uh, pension credit if you're not already getting it from some other pension income. And again, same with the LIF. Now, one of the differences between a LIF and a RIF is that with the RIF, there's no maximum to how much you can take out. There's just the minimum. But with a LIF, there's a minimum and a maximum. And generally, money that is in a LIF or a LIRA has come from a pension plan in the past that you've commuted out of the plan. So the government has some rules around how you can use that money. And the idea is that that money is going to last for a good chunk of your retirement. Now, aside from your registered investments, you could have taxable accounts or non-registered accounts, also known as cash accounts. And these are just your regular investments that have no special tax advantages. So the non-registered accounts, you could be getting dividend income, you could be getting it could be capital gains there if you're you're selling funds or, or shares that you've made money on, you've had gains. There could be interest income also if it's uh, you know GICs or bonds or something along those lines. And so in a way, these can be uh, tax efficient income because it's not fully taxable. Whereas those registered withdrawals we just talked about, they're all, that's like fully taxable income. Right? So if you take $1,000 out of your RIF, that's $1,000 of income on your tax return. Whereas with your non-registered money, you're not getting tax deferred growth. Right, So any dividends paid out, you're paying tax on in, in that year. Any interest paid, you're paying tax in that year. And anytime you sell and you have a capital gain, so you've made money on an investment, you're going to pay the capital gains tax also in the year that you sell it. So because that's happening all the time, when you're taking money out of those accounts as a withdrawal, it's not being added into your income tax other than wherever the capital gain is. So there's some minimal tax there. And if you're looking at you know certain things you're trying to avoid, such as an old age security clawback because your income's too high, it probably makes sense to be taking some money from your non-registered investments. I mean, this is also general advice, right? So for every situation, it's going to look a little bit different. So you definitely want to get some advice on how that fits for your situation, but that's just something to consider. And now the most tax efficient retirement income is going to be from tax-free savings accounts. The tax-free savings accounts, any money you've put into those investments, those are after-tax dollars. So you already paid income tax when you put the money in there. Once it's in there, any, any growth you're getting, is completely tax-free. You don't pay any tax on dividends or interest as it's paid or capital gains when you sell. There's no tax to be paid on the growth. And when you take it out of the account, there's also no tax to be paid. So it won't add any income to your tax return. So that's a very valuable tool for retirement planning. But the flip side of that is if you have tax-free savings account contribution room, the argument for not taking it out of there to create income is it's still the only place you're going to be able to get tax-free growth. So as a rule of thumb, with our clients, we generally will keep and continue to top up as much money as we can into those tax-free savings and investment accounts. 
But again, depending on your situation, it may make sense to take income from tax-free savings account if you're trying to manage around different tax brackets or old age security clawback, things like that. You can set it up to have uh, automatic withdrawals taken out of non-registered accounts or taxable accounts or tax-free savings accounts. So in any of these cases, it's basically the opposite of when you were working up to retirement where you're paying yourself first, you're most likely putting in uh, savings into these accounts on a monthly basis or weekly basis, something like that. So really creating a paycheck from your investment accounts is the opposite of when you were working and saving. You're just having withdrawals that are automatically coming out and creating paychecks for you. Now, we won't dive uh, too far into this. It's not the purpose of this episode, but there's definitely things you want to consider when it comes to withdrawals from your investments and also in tandem with, you know, with your pension, candidate pension plan, uh, or old age security income. You want to think about your income sources, where you're withdrawing from out of your investments. You know, there's definitely, as I mentioned, different tax consequences. And depending on what your tax brackets are, what your goals are, you know, if you're more worried about legacy versus maximizing retirement income, all these different scenarios may result in you taking withdrawals if you're trying to optimize uh, from different accounts, right? So it's not as simple as just turning on the paycheck and the withdrawals. You definitely want to do some planning around what you're trying to solve for, what your situation looks like, so that you know the order of withdrawal that's optimal for you. So whether it's taking from your RIF or your non-registered, your tax-free savings accounts for income or all of them, all things you want to make sure that you're not just kind of flying by the seat of your pants and you want to have a plan for what you're trying to achieve before you can make those decisions about where to start taking income from. So the next probably most common type of retirement income outside of your government benefits is going to be uh, pensions. So there's two different types of pensions. Registered pension plans are created through employer contributions, uh, generally in combination with your your contributions if you have a pension. And so the first type of pension is a defined benefit pension. A defined benefit pension is going to set you up with a, an income much like while you're working, where it's a an amount that you already know that's going to be paid into your bank account every single month. And so there's some guidelines around how that's paid out based on your specific pension about how much it's going to be, whether it's indexed with the cost of living, different scenarios like this. But what doesn't matter to you is what markets do. Like the risk of the market is on your company and the pension. It's not on you. You just know what you're getting for a paycheck each month based on the amount of years of service and the income you were making while you were working for your employer. So when you're ready to get income from your defined benefit pension, you're going to need to let your employer know so that they can get the information to you that you need to start setting up the payments from your pension. And that's going to come in the form of a, a pension package, a retirement package. In a perfect world, what you're going to do is you probably let your employer know about three months ahead of your retirement date that you know what you're thinking about retirement so that they can initiate that process and get you that retirement package. And that retirement package is going to come from your pension plan, and it's going to have things in there that are going to allow you to confirm the timing of when you want to start receiving your payments, the payment options you're going to select. So, uh, you know, if you have a spouse, there's more than likely going to be some options there to take a bit of a reduced pension, but have a higher survivor benefit. So that way, if something happens to you, you know, your spouse can, can carry on with an income after you're not here. Probably can select the amount of withholding tax you want to have on that, which is something you're more than likely going to want to make sure you have uh, 
a healthy amount of withholding tax so you're not stuck with a big unexpected tax bill at tax time. And so depending on what your date is for retirement, you're going to have to fill that package out and return it by a predetermined deadline just to make sure that you get everything moving on your planned retirement date. Because you don't want to get to retirement, not have your salary or your income coming in from, from your employer and not have the, the pension plan set up yet. You know, Once you're working through that and selecting those options, more often than not, you can get help from your human resources department, so your, from your employer. And most financial advisors, especially ones who are dealing with retirees in that in the retirement planning space, would also be able to help you work through that retirement pension and, and making sure you're making decisions that fit within your plan. Now, the other type of pension is a defined contribution pension. And this is much like an RRSP. The risk is on you, not on the employer. So the the way that it works is you make contributions off of your paycheck, and you can also make uh, additional voluntary contributions. But up to a certain amount, the employer is matching all or a portion of your contributions. And once they've made their portion of the contribution, the risk is then on you. So you're making your investment choices, uh, just like you would with an RRSP. And when it comes time to uh, start taking an income when you're ready for that, it's going to be just like a just like an RSP, you're going to transfer that to a RIF more than likely. Uh, you could also purchase an annuity. An annuity will pay you a, uh, a lifetime, like a benefit or a monthly amount of income for the rest of your life. Then there's different stipulations or different ways you can set that up. We will talk about annuities at some point. We'll get into the details right now, but that would be your other option. And that would be setting it up much like a defined benefit plan, except it's all going to be based on your age, interest rates at the, amount, at the time, and the amount you have in your accounts. Otherwise, you're basically going to do go through the same process. More than likely, you work with an advisor, transfer that over into a RIF, and then create a uh, an income stream, just like you did with your RSP or you would do with your RRSP. Now, the other types of benefits, and these are the most common, would be uh, your Canada Pension Plan and your old age security. So Canada Pension Plan, also known as uh, CPP, is something that you receive generally at age 65. But you you can take it as early as 60, or you could also push it off until you're 70. And so really the first decision around CPP that you want to make is the timing. So when are you going to take it? As I mentioned, standard age is 65. If you decide to take it earlier for every month, you take it before age 65, there will be a, a deduction off the amount that you're eligible for. And every month you wait after age 65, you will get a benefit or an increase in benefits by waiting. So there's a lot of different philosophies around the timing of CPP. Most of them are just based on emotions for the the most part. FP Canada, so Financial Planning Canada, recently did a study on the timing of CPP. And there's a really strong case for delaying the pension. And if we're just going by the numbers, you know, in most cases, most people are probably better off by delaying pension to get that higher guaranteed income later on. But at the end, end of the day, every situation is unique. So your situation is not the same as every other situation. And there could be reasons why you would want to take it before age 70 or before age 65. But the big thing here is that you don't want to just take CPP at age 60 or 65, whatever the date is, without really giving any thought to the bigger picture and how it fits into your full retirement income picture. Right. So, you know, if you're not an expert on this, it definitely makes sense to to get some advice from someone who does work in this space 
and to see you know, what you could expect for income from your other income sources. And if you need a higher amount of guaranteed income, you know, there's a good chance it probably makes sense for you to hold off and get the, the added benefit from waiting. But maybe if you have some health issues or you need the money uh, right away, you're going to, you know, you're going to use that right away. You know, maybe it does make sense to take it earlier. So the, the point here is not don't make the decision based on your emotions. Make sure there's a plan and it's fitting into the larger plan when you make that decision on when to take it. So once you've made that timing decision, it's fairly simple to get set up. So you can apply through paper or online through your My Service Canada account. But if you're going to do the paper application, you need to allow probably at least 120 days. Online, it can be done in between usually seven to 14 days. So you should also consider requesting tax be withheld from your payments. So you're, again, avoiding an unexpected tax bill. And also, it could uh, help you avoid having to make quarterly installments anyway and just have it done automatically for you. And so you can do that through your My Service Canada account as well. And anything I'm talking about related to CPP or old age security, I mean, you can just go to uh, Canada.ca. So that's Canada.ca. And there's a search bar there and you can type in and search CPP or Canada Pension Plan, OAS, old age security. And whatever you're looking for, you're going to find the instructions and links through to, to do whatever you want. So for example, if you don't have a My Service Canada account, there'll be a link right in the CPP section that'll take you right there to so you can set it up. So as I mentioned, the other government benefit would be old age security. Canadians age 65 and older are eligible to receive old age security. You don't need to contribute to a plan for old age security, unlike CPP, where you actually contribute through your, uh, your earnings during your working career. OAS, it, the amount you receive is going to depend on the number of years that you've lived in Canada after the age of 18. As far as get, getting set up for OAS, some people will be automatically enrolled to receive old age security, while others may need to apply. That just depends on the amount of information that Service Canada has available for you. If you are auto-enrolled, you will be notified. So the government will let you know that you're all set to receive your benefits. But like CPP, you can receive an increased benefit each month you delay taking old age security. So again, much like your Canada Pension Plan, this is going to be unique to your situation. It may make sense to get that higher guaranteed amount by holding off. Other times it might make sense, again, depending on your situation, but if you're still working in retirement and you have a healthy income coming in, even if you're only working part-time. With old age security, there's a clawback. So around $80,000, the government starts taking back some of that old age security benefit that you're eligible for. And by the time you get up to roughly $135,000, you're no longer eligible for any of the old age security benefit. So if you are still working and you're making a healthy income, more likely than not, it probably makes sense to at least defer old age security until your employment income goes away. So if you're auto-enrolled and you don't want to take on that benefit, you can go onto your My Service Canada account. There's also an enrollment form that you can send back and you can request that that be delayed and put in your preferred starting date. So that gives you an overview, like I said, kind of high level of the probably the most common income sources we see in retirement. Of course, that doesn't mean that's you know an exhaustive list. There are other types of potential income you might have in retirement. So maybe it's real estate rental income. You know, Maybe you're self-employed and, and you have saved up assets within your corporation. You're going to create it. 
a paycheck from in the future. So there's definitely other sources of uh, potential income in retirement. But this gives you an idea of the things you need to be thinking about when you're starting to figure out how you're going to create a paycheck in retirement. Of course, all of these different accounts and, and the other sources I just mentioned, you know, they all need to be looked at from, a, say, a 30,000-foot view to see how they all fit into the bigger picture. You definitely want to take taxes into consideration when you're thinking about where your income's coming from. And to do any of this, it's important to do planning, right? So plan ahead. You know, if you're looking to retire next month, it's probably too late to create an, an optimal plan. You should be looking at probably a few years ahead at the very least. And then, as I said, as you're approaching retirement, if you have a pension four months out, sorry, you're going to want to be let your employer know so you can start looking at the options in your retirement package from your pension provider. You're going to already want to know when you're taking CPP and old age security, or at least know when you're not taking it. So if you're going to retire at 60, you want to make that decision if you're going to take CPP now. It doesn't mean you have to say, I'm going to take it at 65. So it might make sense to do an analysis every couple of years to see where you're at. So you can push that decision down the road a little bit. But again, you want to give it some thought ahead of time. I mean, it's not just a consideration, though, for Canada Pension Plan and old age security. You know, the timing and the withdrawal order of your investment accounts, it should be part of the plan to maximize your lifetime income and minimize lifetime taxes. All these decisions, plus many we haven't discussed today, are all going to have an impact on your retirement success. So if you're not an expert in this area, definitely consider working with someone who does financial planning solely in this area of retirement planning to help make sure you're set up for success. Even if you want to be a do-it-yourself investor, you know, there's definitely people out there who can help you get everything all in order and help you create that initial plan. And, you know, I always tell people plan is only as good as the paper it's written on in the day you walk out or the day you after you create it, it you know, it's really out of date already, but at least it gives you a, a framework to start making decisions around. In a perfect world, it's going to be a document that's adaptable and, and constantly updated as your situation changes. But make sure you set up the framework for getting that all in place before you retire. Knowing your financial pieces are all in their proper place as you get into retirement is really going to allow you to focus your time and your energy on retirement and on the things and people that are more important to you than money. All right. So that's it for today's episode. Uh, I hope you learned a few things about creating a paycheck in retirement and have enjoyed the show. If you guys have any questions about this planning and you want to see if we can help, you can always book a free intro call by visiting our website, www.matthewsandassociates.ca. And you can just click on the free assessment button. Uh, you'll see our calendar. You can schedule a call. Uh, if you just have questions, so you can definitely set something up there. If you're enjoying the show, I really appreciate it if you left us a five-star review just so that others like you can find the show and, and hopefully learn something to help them with their retirement as well. So I look forward to speaking with you again on episode six of your retirement planning simplified. Until then, be well. Investment services are provided through Matthews & Associates Investments of Aligned Capital Partners Incorporated and approved trade name of Aligned Capital Partners Inc. ACPI. Only investment-related products and services are offered through ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI and covered by the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Tax planning, financial planning, and insurance services are provided through Matthews & Associates. Matthews & Associates is an independent company separate and distinct from ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI. Matthews & Associates are not licensed tax professionals, and you should consult with your tax advisor before acting on any recommendations. 
Thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. If you'd like to see how prepared you are for retirement, we've created a free retirement readiness calculator to help you out. Go to matthewsandassociates.ca forward slash ready to input your retirement information and receive instant feedback to help you evaluate your current retirement readiness. Be sure to tune back in for the next episode. And until then, we're here to help you simplify and succeed in your retirement planning.